Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. In a world where hatred is monetized and toxicity thrives, we would rather talk about the stuff that we like in the realm of pop culture. Now, we don't always succeed with that, but no matter what, we always keep things lighthearted and fun. This is another happy pod. My name is Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by Lawrence. Hello, how are you? I'm well. I'm actually on camera waiting to, to see your little face pop up. Oh, are you? I am. I thought I'd surprise yeah. you. Oh, oh, oh yeah, there you face, are. Get your face involved. No, I'm all right. <laughs> oh, come on, don't make me just sit here. <laughs> no, you can just sit there. No, this is I'm uncomfortable okay. now. Oh, well, you, you chose your bed. You lie oh, in it. I did. I did. I am yeah. going to lie in it. I'm well, sir. How are you, sir? I am good. A little hungry, but that's uh, oh. a story. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I'm good. No, go on. Explain your sass. Go on. No, explain no, no. Your, <laughs> explain your sly little dig. Go on. No, it's fine. I'll have lunch another time, Lawrence. Um, so <laughs> we, we, uh, we. Today is the 110th anniversary of a bunch of people dying. Yeah. <laughs> so... Get the champers out for the legs. <laughs> champers out. 110 years ago, just a whole bunch of people just fucking drown and froze and were crushed and all this kinds is, of shit what what so, an elegant and delicate way of putting it oh there's no survivors still alive are there no absolutely not it was a hundred long years. they would have had to have been like born the very night that it sunk and then also be the oldest person in the world as well so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is absolutely I, no survivors left. I thought about this. Just this is this is not unrelated, but just a quick little thing to start us. Oh, on. it's Titanic, by the way. Hello, oh yeah, Titanic. yeah, Titanic. <laughs> um, quick little thing to start us on. Do you think there was anyone in the world that managed to survive the Titanic, World War One, and World War Two? There is a story about a guy because okay, it's I'm... a Clive story of the Doctor. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no. Just in every other picture. 
No, I I am kind of weird. I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of weirdly fascinated and obsessed with the Titanic. I read I didn't up, know this at all. Yeah, I I read up about it a lot. If there's any ever a documentary on the Titanic, I will watch the shit out of it. I don't know why. It's just one of those events from history which just completely fascinates me. Yeah. So I like fucking learning as much about it as possible. And there is a story of a guy who did actually uh, survive the Titanic. Uh, he, he's actually in the movie. He's You know the guy uh, at the end where Jack and Rose uh, are on the back of the ship and there's the guy like all in white who looks across at them? Uh... It, 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 does she look? Is he? Does he look more at Rose than Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Rose turns and she sees the man and then the woman. Yeah, that's right. Um, that guy. He then went on. Uh, he survived the uh, the sinking. He then went on and fought in World War One. Survived that, and then he also fought in World War Two as well. He'd have been. He'd have been quite old that. in World War Two. I don't think he's as old as he is depicted in the movie, but he yeah. he yeah he survived. Both of those things, and that's and bloody, it's wild. Because I, I don't know about you, but I never go fucking anywhere near the sea again if, yeah, if I survived this. Yeah, no, I, I'm not like, I'd be scared to even get in the lifeboat out after being on that boat. You know, yeah, th- this is one of the movies. There's been movies about like tragedies before that have kind of made you go, oh, that's kind of sad. But this is the movie that really makes you go, oh my fucking lord! Like, imagine yeah. being. Like having to go through this, it would be oh, it'd be terrible. <laughs> like it's it. I've, I've said it quite a few times in my notes, but there really are some moments of horror in this movie, and not not how you would expect. And and of course, it's a movie. It's it's you know a dramatic fucking retelling. But some of the stuff that actually happened on the night itself, it would be fucking terrifying, especially yeah. for the fact that it's in the middle of the ocean and it's pitch black and it's yeah. you know fucking freezing cold as well. Uh, that would just absolutely add to the fear. But yeah, we are getting a little bit ahead. Um, I want to know your relationship with Titanic, as it were. Well, I was, I, so yeah, as I say, I, well, I wasn't born. Uh, yeah. Good joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the movie. I, the first time I saw it was I was quite young. Um, I saw it with my mum. It's not one of them, it's one of the movies that I think often it's kind of it's not hard to return to because. I don't think it's the most accessible film in the world, but that's not a bad thing against the movie at all. I just think that it's 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 a heavy emotional film to watch, and it's also three hours long. So it's, it's not a casual watch at all. You can't just yeah. throw this on. You you got to get ready for it. You got to yeah, it's exactly. got to be something. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of so it's been a while since I've come back to it. I think the last time I saw it was about six seven years ago or so. Um, and yeah, this, this time returning to it, like it's just. It's devastating, but it's 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 also like quite like you say it's a fascinating movie, and it does give you a, a wider interest because it, it it's not just telling the story of. There's also like some modern day stuff, and it's a there's a, there's a bit of a subplot about like how people tend to look at it as just a factual sad event, but hearing a story from someone that was actually there can change your perspective and go, oh, you know what? I don't actually care about looking for a like a, a fucking stupidly expensive diamond because a lot of people died here and it's kind of insensitive um but yeah it's it's a good movie very it makes you think quite a lot i think it does it's a it's a movie i enjoy quite a lot and i've always enjoyed it i first saw it when i, oh, I can't 
don't know how old I would have been, like fucking five or six, maybe. I remember my mum had it on VHS and it was <laughs> it was so fucking big it came in a massive box with two videotapes. The way Chris Nolan intended. Exactly, yeah. Because it couldn't fit onto one. Um so I remember watching it a lot as a kid. Um and again just been weirdly fascinated with it. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen it for about um, well, exactly ten years because uh, I would have seen it at the um, the three D re release for the one hundredth anniversary. Um, sorry, just yeah. so this is just really insightful towards being a friend of you. Like this is, I had no idea that you were this like invested and interested in it. What, where does that come from? Like, do you? Have I have a- no no idea. Could not tell you. It's just <laughs> something I've hooked onto. It's kind of the same thing with nine eleven as well. I don't know yeah. why, but it's just something I'm... It's a morbid fascination. Because it's just one of those events where a lot of people died, and like, very quickly as well. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's just... It's horrific, but it's also fascinating. Do you know if there's any um, conspiracy theories surrounding it? Because that might be a part... Like, everyone has an yeah, interest in conspiracy Yeah, theories. there's there's all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of, like, stuff about who actually is to blame for what happened, because there's a lot of, like, incompetency around the Titanic. Like, um, you know, something that's brought up in the film is the fact that there's not enough lifeboats uh, aboard because it would spoil the view for the first-class passengers, which in itself is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, um, so there's that. There's the fact that the the binoculars weren't aboard. Some people think that's, like, a big misstep, but apparently that wouldn't have had any effect anyway because... With how dark it was, you wouldn't have been able to see fuck all until like the iceberg was pretty much right in front of you anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different things. A lot of people blame the captain because he was just like completely frozen with indecision as the ship started to sink. He just did not have a fucking clue what yeah. to do. And that's not out of like an experience because he was a very experienced captain. Um, it's more just like the facts. The, the horrors of it, I guess. Like throughout the entire event, he never once called uh, to abandon ship. Like the the crew had to make that decision themselves. And even then, like a lot of the crew didn't actually know what was going on. There's a story yeah. about the fucking the ship's quartermaster. Um, he's like just doing some work in his cabin, and then out of his fucking port hall window, he sees a fucking lifeboat row past, and he calls up to the main bridge and is like, "What the fuck's going on?" Just because he didn't know, like no one fucking told him. Um, yeah, it's wild. Um, I mean, like so... it's it's one of them things where, like, I guess people theorizing it today. Like, I think it's very easy to be like, "Well, the captain of the ship should have ordered this." But if you're there, man, like, yeah, if you're yeah. there, you're fro. Like, I I said this. Like, there's a there's a scene where this kid, this young kid, is just like. Rose and Jack are running down the halls trying to find a way out. And there's this young kid that's just water's pouring in around him and he's just frozen and screaming. And yeah. like, I found it funny that the movie chose like a six-year-old for that to be, because that would just still be me. Like a 25-year-old, I'd just be there going, ah, ah, <laughs> like I'd have yeah. no idea what to do. You you wouldn't know what to do at all. And there, there, are, there are some adults you, you see for other movie in that same situation as well. It's, it's fucking terrible. Because what can you do? When it's at that point, really, what can you do? What what it is, is I think the biggest fear, and the movie plays on this really well, is you're confronted with two horrific things. One yeah. is that you're facing you're facing your own certain imminent death. Yes. And the second thing is 
the survival your survival is entirely dependent on a bunch of people who are scrambling panicking and have no idea what the fuck is going on it's like yes. it's like you know for example let's say if you lost all your money right and you you called up some sort of helpline but you have to go through a, like a a year long waiting list like it's it's nonsensical you're not going to get the money for when you need the money you're not going to get off this boat by the time you need to be off it to survive like it's one of them things where you're putting you have to put your faith in a bunch of people who you don't know while simultaneously doing it whilst avoiding like the 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 water rising <laughs> like it's so much would have to go right for you to survive this oh yeah absolutely and the odds of you actually surviving it are fucking they're not good let's put it that way they're how many, really how many did survive do you know not many so there's a, there's a in the in the movie itself rose older rose says that uh minus the people who were on the lifeboats so people who were on the ship when it went down 1500 went into the water 1500 people and mm. six of them were pulled out I can imagine, and i can imagine that's quite is... an accurate number because a lot of this is quite true to life this yeah. is probably the most fa- there's been quite a few adaptations of Titanic over the years. This is what's regarded as the most faithful because you know James Cameron is a bit of a weird bloke but like me he's also weirdly obsessed with the Titanic and mm-hmm. he's he he's actually spent more time with the Titanic than the people who were actually aboard it as well because he's just like constantly down there in a submarine or whatever. Yeah. Um, so. I yeah, I read about that. He spent like so much time down there like he got like he apparently he got all the stuff he needed to, but then he just had to go down there like more and more just to like experience it. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, like you're gonna do it because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, obviously, or in his case, like a seven lifetime opportunity. But <laughs> but like it's to, like that. I don't know if I'd be emotionally ready for like how much, like, I like I don't want to say like grief, but like just that sheer emotional impact of loss of life. Like, it would be very overwhelming. I know that like the first time he went down, um, after he came back up, he just burst into tears because he didn't know how else to react to it because yeah. it was just that completely overwhelming. Um, I I find it really interesting and again fascinating that like pretty much all the shots of the actual Titanic wreck in the movie are the actual Titanic wreck. Like it's not CGI unless yeah. we're talking about like those transition shots, but. The, the actual like wreckage of the movie that's all genuine and that's that's fascinating that's that's it's, it's really interesting to see it's certainly something as well and you like when you consider that like it's it's just too massive to ever have like been removed and like too much time has passed like it's there it's like that's that's history and it, it kind and of it's not gonna it's not gonna be there for much longer sadly is it because, not no no because it's like it's famously been eroding for quite a few years now um, the estimates are by 2030 it'll be completely gone, which is like eight years. Fuck. So, yeah, really not much longer. Yeah, they can't they can't put it out because uh, like it would just completely fucking disintegrate if they did. Oh yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's a shame that that in it's, a few yeah, years it'll it's, be gone. it's it's pure structure is probably just contingent on it have, having been in place for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk let's talk a bit about the movie. So like the yes. movie, it does a lot. Um, it does a lot in terms of like historically remaining faithful. Like you said, it's one of the most faithful adaptations. It's regarded as such. But like the two characters uh, are completely fictitious, which is kind of interesting. Um, 
especially when there's probably survivor stories that could have been told but i think this is a better way to do it um, i do too yeah i think it's a, it's a good decision to go with a fictional couple wrapped up in the in the story of a real life event if you if you do go down the route of actual survivors then number one you're very limited in what you can say well it probably wasn't that interesting exactly that's what was going to be number two number two wouldn't be anywhere near as interesting uh and number what, three... what were you doing a couple of days before it sank oh, just hanging around playing pool. <laughs> yeah i had a few brandies you know how it is <laughs> <laughs> exactly it wouldn't be anywhere near as interesting um so yeah the kind of romeo and juliet on a boat essentially is is probably the best way to sum it up uh it's it's really good it works for it i think and you know both leo and Kay. this obviously this changed their fucking lives but oh it, yeah yeah this would have like just completely opened everything up for them but uh yeah yeah i think they're really good in it yeah i, I think that i think they're brilliant in it and i like that this so like one of the interesting things is it's not just a i mean it is a romeo and juliet type story even down to like the uh like the class structure and everything you know like rose would be on the capulet side because they're money and status and and jack would be the montague's kind of poor but loyal um and that there's there's a really interesting kind of discussion to be had about like classism on this um yeah and you see obviously rose goes through her own journey even though she's she's not a bad person to start with at all but she goes on her own kind of she has her eyes open a bit um and the one of the best characters in this is the biggest prick ever puts a screen (laughs) He's he's really interesting just because of the fact that he represents like kind of the the animalistic impulse that a human is capable of in this film. Like he does, he's clambering and clawing away at every possible avenue he has to escape. Um, and like it, you know, it's very easy to point and say that's a stupid thing to do, but like people are capable of doing that, and you don't know what you do until you get put in those scenarios. I know that he's the bad guy of the movie, but also. There was a lot of other people doing the same shit. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Billy Zane is very good at playing just the fucking worst person in the world. He he <laughs> really nails just the Oh, you want to punch him so fucking bad. He really is just a cunt throughout the movie. From the moment we we're introduced to him, you know, he lets you know exactly the kind of guy he is. He's very much of that time. He's obviously going to be rooted in fucking misogyny. Um, he's clearly just out for himself. Rose is an accessory at best to him. Yeah. He, whenever he's talking about Rose, he's always talking about her in terms of himself. Like she's his wife, she's his fiance. Uh, she's damaging his image and all this sort of stuff. Which he's is not even upset. Like he's not even upset that she's gone off to fuck another man. He's just like, the, how does this make me look? And yeah, like... exactly, exactly. Um, he, even the fact that he fucking he he gets that kid, and at first you're like, oh, okay, he's going to help the kid. No, he doesn't give a fuck about the kid. It's purely so he can fucking worm his way onto a boat, and then the second, like, that boat, get, he fucks the kid off. That kid probably died, okay? And yeah. he was just there beating other people off with a fucking oar to stop them getting onto his boat. He is, oh, the worst person ever. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad he's not real, because... I wouldn't like to speak ill of the dead, but fuck him. Well, I don't think, like, I think if anyone, you know, I, I don't know too much about the survivor stories from the Titanic, but I can imagine if this was really what happened, you're not <laughs> going to come out and admit that. Like, you're going to be like, oh, I was lucky to get out of there with my life and live with the shame. But yeah. 
yeah, it's again, it's interesting, but it's one of the things. It's it's why the movie does benefit from having a fictitious set of characters in a real world setting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because then you can play it up. You can have the villain and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so exactly. You're not besmirching anyone's name, which this movie kind of did actually a little bit. Did it? I'd yeah. like to hear about that. So the the officer, Officer Murdoch, who shot himself in the head. Yes. He he was a real life person, but they kind of didn't go down like that at all. He actually helped people quite a lot and stuff. Um, and I guess the, they just wanted like an extra element of drama in there and stuff. So they they added kind of that storyline to his character. Um, and they've like over the years there have been like uh, stuff about his family like coming and be like, well, this is kind of shit because this didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a massive shame that like. I, I, it's necessary, and it's a, it's definitely a moment in the movie. You really go, oh, they are all fucked. Yeah. Like it's it it's needed for the stakes to increase because by that point the ship's been sinking for an hour. The movie, the audience are going, all right, we know it's sinking. We need something else. Um, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, like I didn't realize that was a real man. That's kind of a it's, that's kind of a shame because they don't only you know make him appear like. Like well, they they have him literally kill himself, but before he does that, he shoots two people trying to, you know, save themselves, and they're kind of lower class people as well. It kind of paints him as a bit of a, a bit of a dick. A bit of a yeah, yeah. Uh, so a memorial fund was created, uh, for the high school, which has been named after him. Uh, residents of the town have rejected and requested an apology for the depiction in the uh, movie. Um, and yeah, 20th Century Fox presented a £5,000 check to the fund, um, but did not offer a formal apology. So, What a weird thing to yeah. do. Yeah, James Cameron said that his depiction of Murdoch was not meant to be negative. Uh, he said it was probably a mistake to portray a specific person in that way. Oh, I thought you were like the director of the film was like, that's, that's, I, that, I didn't mean for that to happen. What do you mean? What do you mean a character that I wrote shot himself? No, it's... Oh, I, did I shoot that? My bad. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah. At the same time, unfortunately, like as tragic as that is, and as as sad as that is for some of you know, like his surviving family members and stuff. That's he was part of one of the world's biggest tragedies and losses of life of all time. It's yeah. Movies are gonna take liberties to tell the story, and I think that ultimately, yeah, it, it will. But I, f- I feel like you could have. I don't think that was absolutely vital to his character. Like you could have had an officer with another name who didn't exist and give him that exact same role. Like it could, it easily could have been avoided. Um, yeah, that's very but, true. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think that striving for like a true to life thing, they probably got wrapped up in making everyone a person that needed to be. A they did. That's that's very very much true. I know that James Cameron. He's he's so fucking obsessed with it that he like he spoke to. He he personally wrote out like backstories for 150 extras, which were like based on actual surviving accounts and people who were on the Titanic, actual passengers and stuff. And he like instructed the extras on their character and their backstory and this type of stuff, just because he had like all that information and knowledge about it all. So like Jesus. even like a character you'll see just walking past on the on the back uh, on the screen in the back, they're like someone with a family and a history and all that sort of stuff, which is. A little unnecessary, but also kind of cool. It's, I, yeah, I think the thing is, it definitely is un, it's, it's unnecessary. But for this, for a kind of a, a set piece and a sequence like this to work and like and be directed, and for them to be destroying such massive sets and etc., you need to, you need to really buy into that sheer, 
panic. You know when you watch like a monster movie and you see a crowd of people running away, the monster's not there. They're probably not even a city. They're probably in a soundstage. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like a hundred people just going ah and running away, right? You you and believe you're just like this person does not exist out of this scene. Yeah, and and but, yeah. but also you believe it for the context of the movie, but you you don't. You d- it doesn't evoke a reaction. Whereas every yeah. single extra that I saw running or, f- or fighting for their life in the background, I was kind of like attached to. Like, yeah. only for that scene, obviously. I wasn't like, oh, come on, get rid of Leonardo DiCaprio. I want to see what Woman 34 is doing. Um, but <laughs> well, there's the... What gets me every time, and every... I don't know why, I think it's like since the first time I watched this, I've, I've cried at the scene. But literally every single time. Uh, there's two specific shots, and they're subsequent as well. They're one after the other. I think uh, I know exactly the shots you mean. Yeah, you probably do. Old man and woman in the bed as yep. the water floods in around them, and then the mother putting her kids to bed, knowing they're going to die. Yeah, um, heartbreaking stuff, man. Heartbreaking. It's just it's it's extremely emotional, and it catches what I, that shot specifically. It catches you off guard because it really um, does. Yeah, it's it's a case of. I think at that point people expect the movie to be wrapping up and they expect Rose has got to be found and you know and and Jack and Rose have had their emotional don't let go of that dream you're going to go have babies whatever um but then you come back and it's just what you're forced to see is the aftermath of it and like yeah. and that the point of that scene I think is very much so that those people on the boats like the people that the the one boat that came back good on you the other people it's just meant to put them in such a, a higher kind of bit of shame if that makes sense even like the moment immediately after the ship goes down um and i love this but this is a really good just visual moment um the way like it starts on rose and you just like see her come up out of the water and then like the camera pulls back and you just see the just the fucking scope and just how many people are there all terrified all just floundering not knowing any idea what to do, all panicking, all screaming. And as, like, the scenes go on, as, like, Rose and Jack get to the door, we'll talk about the door, as they all go through all that sort of stuff, um, the screams just gradually get quieter and quieter yeah. as they die off. It's it's really good. It's, it's really fucking... This is a really well-made movie. And like I say, James Cameron is a bit of a weird bloke. Uh, but I cannot take this away from it. Like this is to to kind of like, drop out of the uh, like the heartbreak of it all. Like the the movie the movie making is something that I did want to talk about in this because I think this is a really well crafted film. Like yes, am I under like? <laughs> do I think many movies justify being three hours long? No, I do not. No, no. Do I think this one does? Yes, um, because you need to see the lives of these people and you need to see yeah. how negligent some people can be. You also need to, you need, you also need to be entrenched in the, the high society of it all to just understand the pure, how could this happen to me? I'm rich. You need to get mad. You do. And I do. Yeah. I do get mad watching this movie. Like I love this movie, but there are times where I get so fucking frustrated just because of the classism and the absolute bullshit that's going on. Like I say with the lifeboats, that is fucking ridiculous. The fact that you're not putting lifeboats on the ship because it's going to spoil the view for the first. First of all, what fucking view? You're at sea. Yeah. It's the same view all around, okay? <laughs> it's just miles of nothing. 
right? Second of all, like, this is people's lives. And then the fact that, like, the third class and steerage passengers, they got locked down below whilst the other people were getting, like, fucking put on the boats first. The fact that, you know, Rose's I mean, Do we know if that's is, like, true, the, 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 third, the third class and the, the lower class? Uh, it's, it's not so much that they were locked in. What happened is, like, because of... The sheer revolt, because obviously there's a lot more, you know, like second and third class passengers than first class. Um, because of the sheer volume of those passengers, there was only really one place for them to go to evacuate, and they kind of like all got bottlenecked in, all trying to escape. Um, so it's not more a case of them getting locked in, but they were kind of like all stuck together in that. I see. Right. Okay. So it wasn't. It wasn't. You know the. Let's go and drown the poor people. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't specifically that. Um, it is a good element to add into this movie, though. Another element of drama. Yeah. Um, and I do like the moment where where they knock down the door and the Irish guy just fucking clocks. The, yeah, you, <laughs> the you see him like, oh, you can't go that way. You can't just fucking wipes him out. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good moment. I think at that Either I think at rich. that point you do you do you would lose your inhibition. You're like, look, there's a there's a ninety percent chance I'm dead anyway. I just I just smash his head into the wall and be like, oh, well, you're a cunt. Like, why not? Yeah. E- eat the rich. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. I will continue to say. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is. It is. I think you do need to get mad watching this movie. And this, this is clearly a fucking commentary on classism in this movie. And, you know, the British class system, which seeped its way into America at the time. It's it's really something, like, it, it warns against. And, 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 I, and there is moments, like, there is times where I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, Rose, but she's rich, so she's not really like got that much problems. And I'm like, no, but she does. Yeah. She does because she's. She even says it herself, "Poor little rich girl. What what issues could she possibly have?" But the fact that she fully embraces walking away from that life and without a fucking moment's hesitation, and the fact that she does as well. She had the life of luxury offered up to her on a plate. She absolutely could have taken, even after it all fucking went down, even when the boat was sunk and she was on the fucking Carpithica at the end of it, she still had a chance to get it all back, but she didn't. She was like, fuck that. I was so unhappy in that life. That's not who I am. I'm gonna make it on my own, and she did. She had a full fucking life because of it. I, um, I think the uh, there's a there's a really lovely line in the end of this where she says she's she's speaking about Jack when she's old, uh, and she says that he saved me in every way that a person can be saved, which is very telling because obviously it's a movie about you know Jack technically did offer his space up, and you know and and she wouldn't have survived that without Jack, I don't think. Um, no, absolutely. But not. then also he was the person that like from the very first time they met, he pointed it out to her like. He saved her a good three times in the movie. <laughs> like, it's. But also, also the fact that, like, you could argue as well that even if she didn't go with Jack and she stayed with Cal and her mother, she probably would have survived without any incident. She probably would have been the same boat on as her mum uh, and as Kathy Bates and all that sort of stuff and wouldn't have had an issue. Um, but then she would have still been locked in that life. And what life would that have been for her? How would it have played out? nowhere near as happy as the life she had i'm willing to bet so yeah uh yeah it's like i say he well like you say he did definitely save her and i'm kind of cynical when it comes to you know romance storylines and movies i'm I'm always a bit jaded by them and you know we we've said this many times like movies especially where characters confess their love after a short time i'm, I'm always like do you know how long have you known this person <laughs> yeah, come on yeah. that's that's 
that's a bit much. I believe it in this though. Mm. I I don't know why, but I do buy it. When Rose says that she loves him, like there's not a part of me that's like, come on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Wait, well, that's good character work though, because from the second we meet Rose, she's a free thinker and an artist. Jack comes aboard, who's an artist. It's very, you know, it, there's yeah. a lot of movie coincidences, which is obviously nice plot stuff, but it flows together. And because the movie is so long, you forget all those coincidences. Like, yeah. because you're, you're not, you're, it's not compressed into a two hour time period where the movie has to be like the second we meet Jack, we find out he's an artist. We don't, we find it out and, you know, a yeah. little bit in and they have their, like, it's a, it's a slow burner relationship, uh, which I think is really good. And they're still, it's still being built while the ship is sinking. It's not like they're in love and they're going to run away together. And then the ship starts sinking. Like only really starts just before they really like, officially anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's really good stuff that relationship, and it's again another another tragedy the fact that it was so short and that they didn't get to spend their lives there because I'm sure it would have been you know amazing for them both. What could have been? Um, but yeah, here's a note that I have. Um, <laughs> I wrote this like towards the beginning of the movie, uh, and then it just says it was a slave ship. Look, not the best choice of words, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You're from that time. I see what you're saying. I'll uh I'll give you a miss, I guess. Um young Leo is very handsome, as is Kate Winslet. Um just trying not to think about the fact that Rose is seventeen. Oh, so... is she? Yep. <laughs> yuck yuck yuck. Yep. Yeah, try not to think about that too much. <laughs> Draw me like one of your PG thirteen clothed French ladies. Um, Fun fact: James Cameron drew the titties. That was his hand drawing the picture. Oh, good. Um, and he drew that. Uh, this movie was also written, directed, produced, and edited all by the same man. That being James Cameron as well. That's in. That's such a fucking workload, <laughs> isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. That's how like kind of obsessed and like kind of protective i guess he is over it which is... it's really well edited there's great visual gag this is not a funny movie but there's there's yeah. a good moments of comedy like there's there's the classic uh i'm gonna scream cut to the foghorn of the boat um yeah and then there's a lot of uh um there's a, there's some, some there's some funny moments Do, did you think at the beginning especially that uh that the character of cow was just a a walking jinx like he, he what do you mean? like you so said. There's a moment where he comes on the boat and he he's like, "This ship's unsinkable." They say it's unsinkable. It's the most unsinkable boat ever. Lifeboats? What do you need them for? It's unsinkable. And then Rose is like, "Oh, this is a Picasso," and he's like, "He won't amount to anything. Mark my words, he's gonna be shit, <laughs> shit on a shoe. What a dickhead." <laughs> I I see what you're saying. I think he's more just intended because like he's probably the 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 uh the character in like the upper class that we spend the most time with outside of rose because she's a little bit different yeah um he, i think he's just used a lot to convey that you know just what's the word i'm looking for um just kind of like blindness i guess the the just kind of naivety and just oh, everything's fine don't worry about it like there's the moment where like literally everyone is fucking panicking uh, you know, life jackets are on, and that guy's just like, no, nah, I'll just, uh, I'll have a brandy, and I'll wear my shooting tails, and that'll be that, and we'll go down for Queen and Country, and like, what are you doing, yeah. you fucking stupid cunt, like, people are dying <laughs> here, come on. I, I, <laughs> one thing that, I, like, it always shocked, I mean, it doesn't shock me, because it's very, like, the movie's led you to believe it, that it would happen, 
Um, yeah. And it probably would in this day and age as well. Uh, it's like people are like handing out life life vests and stuff like that. Uh, and he's like, he's like, I'll tell you what, I would take a brandy though. And it's like, do you think he's a waiter? <laughs> and also right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous. But also as well, like some of the the crew were going along with it though, because like again there was the misinformation, but there was also that's just what they did. There was the fucking there's a great moment in the movie, like as like just after the iceberg is hit and people are starting to put life jackets on and shit. Like the crew were going around and informing passengers, and you just see the stark fucking difference. In like the way it's handled between the pass the classes and the passengers, like the you know the first class that guy comes in, he's like uh, life jackets on everyone out on deck. It's a little bit cold, so I request tops and tails. Get your overcoats on. Here, might I recommend this? Here's a nice number for you. Cut to a guy just kicking open a door in third class, shoving the fucking life jackets on the door, saying "Wake up, get out," and then moving on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great contrast. It's funny, but also a little I mean, bit tragic as well at the same uh, time. Yeah, but then like saying that, I know what deck I'd rather be on. I want the information yeah. quickly, and I want the life jacket. Like, don't worry. Oh, it's a bit chilly. I might recommend a nice hat. Fuck off. <laughs> What's yeah. the hat gonna do? <laughs> but yeah, no. It's. I think this. It is a scathing commentary. This film, and it's and it's it's really really effective. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of moments on this where they just, I just, I, I said it earlier, but like they, they cannot fathom that this could happen on a boat that they paid to be on. It's yeah, exactly. They believed, they believed the marketing. You know, they said the Titanic was completely unsinkable. They, they fully bought into a belief that so much so that you know, like when the lifeboats were going down, like, no, this, this is unsinkable. Like, what are you doing? I'll take my chances here. Thanks. Um, and then they fucking paid for it. They, they fucking, they got, they died because of like just buying into it and just thinking that no, nah, it can't happen to me. Yeah. All right. What um? It's... What did you think of the of the characters in this that are like, I presume, so I, they won't have been all based on real people, obviously. Um, but what I liked the kind of second storyline going on in this, which was the, um, you know that them having the iceberg warning, but still being told you need to make headlines, speed up, get get to places earlier so we can make the morning papers. Um, yeah. All of that feels very compelling, but almost too movie to be true. Is there any truth to that at all? A, a lot of truth to it. There is. There is a lot of truth to it. This is why, like you know, like you were saying earlier about conspiracy theories and like who to blame and sort of stuff. This is where a lot of it comes from because the movie doesn't necessarily focus on it specifically. But yeah, throughout you do get just little bits of you know, like the guy saying, uh, "Let's let's speed it up, make New York by a day early." That that happened. That was true. Um, the fact that I think they got six warnings about icebergs um, and didn't react to any of them. They were just like, "No, it'll be fine. We'll carry on as normal. Um, no need to slow down. It's a nice cold. It's a nice cool night. Nice uh, calm night." The water's pretty calm. Interestingly enough, calm water, we now know, didn't at the time, but we now know that, like, cr crystal clear, calm, still water is, like, a sign of pack ice and, like, a like a death sign, essentially. If you're out at sea and you see, like, still very calm, very still water, that means there's fucking pack ice and icebergs all around. They didn't know that at the time, obviously. They just thought, oh, it's nice, it's not choppy. 
perfect night for sailing. Yeah, um, not a storm, <laughs> therefore we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. How did right? Um, so, so then... you, if you've read into a lot of this stuff, how right? How does how does negligence to this degree happen on on such a such a like a a prestigious event boat carrying a lot of important it's... people? It's hard to say. It's hard to say one specific reason because it's not. It's a lot of things all working against it. A lot of people worked on the Titanic. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's the classism, which is a big part of it. Like I say, with the lifeboats, there's negligence of just people forgetting binoculars, people forgetting necessary equipment that they need. There's the whole press element about people wanting to make a statement, not necessarily worrying too much about safety and buying in to that naivety and marketing of it all and just saying like, Let's speed it up. Like, we can't go wrong. We're unsinkable. It, so it's, it seems like it was a boat full of people that were all so experienced that they kind of considered them invincible. And all it takes is one serious fuck up. Hubris. That's exactly it. That's that's really what it is. Like they had a very experienced captain, someone who had served uh, many passages going, you know, across the Atlantic on both on both ways. And um, so he'd done a lot of experience. He'd done a lot of ships. Sailing across the Atlantic doesn't necessarily prepare you for going down in it, though. So, mm. like, when that actually comes, just because he's got a lot of experience of, you know, voyages and sailing across doesn't mean he's got any experience of crashes and sinking and how to handle well, that situation. I, I guess today, there'd be simulations, there'd be drills. There'd this be... is a thing. They, they were supposed to be as well, but they didn't. They wanted to, like, meet the deadline and get the Titanic going as quick as possible. Because another thing is, the Titanic also had competitors. It had other, you know, ships vying for, you know, the fastest ship across the. Not that the Titanic was going for the fastest, but you know, the the most the most attractive to customers, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, the most like this was method of traveling. Exactly. Yeah. The the best way to travel across the Atlantic, um, because because yeah, so they they was supposed to be like drills and procedures and other stuff like that. Uh, they didn't do any kind of like dry run. They didn't do a test run of the voyage or anything. They they just like the first time it set sail was pretty much from Southampton to Fuck to America. Hell. Yeah, which is by to, if you look at that from today's standards, you're like, what the fuck? Like that is the amount of like health and safety and procedures and shit we have today. Which yeah, can be annoying, but it's for good reason. Clearly, because, yeah. Like, like I I t- I would honestly take like a like a gridlock of of a process than yeah just getting on a boat unprepared <laughs> for some <laughs> for something like this like it's not yeah it's like getting in a plane and you're like does this have enough fuel to get us there and it's like oh well we'll, we'll check in a bit i probably i'd imagine so right and then just take yeah. it off like <laughs> exactly it's 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 ridiculous it's a lot of things it's naivety uh, but you know, it's. I guess it's just a. It's like I say, it's no one specific thing. It's it's a storm of events, mm. which which caused it all. Really, is it and tragically so? Is it true that if the Titanic had hit the iceberg dead on and hadn't tried to stay yes. course, that it would have stayed up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, Fuck. it would have just like it would have just. I think it would have just been knocked back a little bit and then just like carried on. Uh, but yeah, that is that is true. Wait, I don't. This is this. I don't. This is unusual, but it reminds me of, um, you know, you know, in the Assassin's Creed games where you can go on the boats and you have the boat combat. Yes. If you charge dead in, you'll lose a little bit of health, but not a lot of health. Yeah. If you try and swerve in and out and you get clipped, you're done. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it's true. But you can see why, though. Like, why hadn't the captain that? played Black Flag <laughs> to prepare like, the you voyage? Were... If they did just drive straight into you, like, what the fuck are you doing? That's ridiculous. Why would you? Why would they possibly do that? Mm. Of course, they're going to try to try and avoid it because that's that's what anyone would do. Yeah. Even even if you like kind of had that knowledge, I think you'd still be a part of you, which would be like, no, let's let's just try try get out of the way and just re- reduce the risk altogether. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, they didn't. There's they didn't unfortunately. A couple of things. We're approaching time, but um. The yes. what I was what I was going to ask you, uh, and I I agree, and I'm in, I'm interested if they're the same kind of moments. You spoke of this saying like it's kind of got some horror elements in it, um, yep. not in terms of movie stuff, just more like horrific bits that that got you. Were there any like standout moments? Yeah, um, there's there's like say so, yeah, it's not necessarily ooh spooky. It's more yeah. just like <laughs> Rose. There is a there is a very funny moment where Rose is just running around with an axe that it could have gone in a very different way. That's that's one of them. That is genuinely one of them. Yeah. That is the moments like where she's rushing around the the empty hallways and cabins is kind of horror like. As even in the way it's shot, like it goes into that POV aspect. Yeah, um, there's a specific shot like, with the hallway. The, it's after Rose has just come off the stairs and the lights are flickering behind her, and it yeah it does feel very horror esque. Absolutely, yeah. And James Cameron's got a history in horror, so that's that's not surprising at all. Um, and then the moment where she goes back down with the axe, and like the lights are a bit dimmed now, and the electricity is flickering in the background. Uh, again, moments of horror. Um, and then it's it's really just mostly the shipping, the sinking sequence, because there's there's just a lot of stuff where you look at it and you just think that is genuinely horrific. The biggest one to stand out, especially from watching it last night is definitely the, the frozen dead baby because, Oh yeah. Ah, it's, it's haunting to see that image. And then as well, just like the boat slowly drifting through just the sea of dead frozen people. Yeah. As well. It's, it's really haunting. I think, so there's two of the two biggest things for me. Uh, there's one specific moment where they, there's, you know, there's like a good minute sequence where they they go, holy fuck, is that an iceberg? And then it's just a case of every single moving part of the boat in terms of like all the all the how the boat yeah. operates, how it runs, the engines, yeah. And, yeah. and and it's just a it's a mad scramble to get this information to everyone that needs it. And then it's like, a really tense scene. It, it's really good build up attention in that moment. It's super tense, but I love that you get to yeah. see the scale of how many people it will take to stop this. And also then yeah. when it doesn't stop and and when the when they start locking down the doors, and you realise in that moment, everyone in the engine room, like and the times that we've seen the below decks up to this point are very like, you know, there's Irish music playing, it's cheery, haha. Like it's a party. It's like, no, they're locking down those doors and like this is an hour before the movie ends, before anyone seriously even knows what the fuck's going on. And it's like, there's yeah. there's already a good, I don't know, 20 people dead down there. Yeah. And it's that, yeah. like the, the slow shutting of the doors. And it it's funny, right? But I have a thing against slow shutting doors. And I have it ever since 2005's Dalek aired. Um, when Rose <laughs> is running down the corridor and the doctor's like, I can't open this fucking door. Like, you need to get through it. <laughs> Or you're dead. Um, yeah. Something about it has stuck with me, and I remembered it while watching it today. And I was like, something about a slow closing door, it terrifies me. 
having to squeeze through it, like having to get through it in time. What if my leg gets stuck? What if my leg comes off? Like it, it scares the fuck out of me. I don't know why. That that last shot of that guy just squeezing through just in time. It's 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 scary. It's terrifying. Like yeah. every time he just gets through, I'm like, Ugh! it makes me so anxious watching it. It's, it's um, one of the things where you you know he's going to get through, but you in the moment you just don't know it. Like yeah, you don't know what it is because yeah. you've seen it. You know he gets through. That's the same with, like, last night, like, <laughs> bizarrely enough, I was, when the ship actually hit the iceberg, when it, well, just before when they were doing the maneuver and trying to turn out of the way, there was a moment where I was like, oh, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Like, yeah. they can't. I know, I know the movie. I've, <laughs> I know history. It sinks. But there, because it's so tense, you do for a moment, you get caught up. You're like, come on, you can do it. You can you can make it. You do, though. Uh, and it, and that's but, that's the best thing this movie can do, because it's it's a very clear yes. sign that it's working. We're very short on time. I think I'm about to work in five minutes. Um, but one thing, I would be absolutely remiss if I did not bring up the door and the controversy yeah, around the door. So this has been discussed for many many years now it's a fucking meme it's been a meme for years um but people always say jack could have fit on the door watch the fucking movie he tries no he couldn't he tried to get on the door and it fucking keeled over jack fuck you jack's moment in that is going hey one of us is dead (laughs) and you're already there i'd rather it be me than you that's the point he dies to give her the life it's the it, it couldn't be clearer (laughs) i've been frustrated at this door thing for years yeah Um, i've always i've seen it like when i've seen that debate pop up on twitter or whatever i'm just like it's in the film yeah justice for rose justice for rose she doesn't deserve that yeah she doesn't deserve this hatred (laughs) um what what else yeah um uh, obvious (laughs) stuff this is still to this day you know tied for the most oscar wins um, it's got eleven Oscar wins, tied with Return of the King and Ben Hur. Um, and it was number one at the box office for fifteen weeks. Geez. So from from nineteenth of December, my birthday, ninety seven, to uh, the third of April, nineteen ninety eight, it was number one for that entire time. Fucking which hell! Is, yeah, that's fucking insane. Did the did um, uh, did MCU not put anything out that year? <laughs> I didn't know, which was why this was this was also the first movie to cross a billion dollars. Yeah, um, and then it was actually, and then it was uh, superseded by Avatar. So for a while, James Cameron had both the f- the first and second highest grossing movies. Nah, it's got, no, it's got nothing now... on Avengers Endgame. That's why. <laughs> well, well, no, Avengers Endgame is number two now because Avatar got re released. Um, so it's a cheat. It's a cheat. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> James Cameron has both number one and number two still. This is still in third place as the highest grossing movies. Go on, James Cameron. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, da, da, da. You just flicking, uh, are you going through the highlights of your notes? I'm just quickly flicking through my notes. Oh, yeah. Um, the for a movie nine, in 1997, the CG is actually quite good in this. There's, there's a little bit of a wonky green screen here and there, but. For the most part, it's really good. It's rare. Really. I think it's really yeah. rare, yeah. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, this movie actually costs more than the actual Titanic. Um, I read this. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't know, like, the figure in, in 1912 money, but, like, in, in 97 money, it would have cost around about $150 million for the for the actual Titanic. Um, but this movie cost $200 million, so... Insane. That's just fun. Yeah, that's Insane. just fun. 
Uh, Very much so. I, I wanted to bring up the point of just imagine being uh, a young man that survives the Titanic in 1912 and you're like, cool. Do you know what? That's a, That was a terrifying ordeal. I'm glad I made it out and alive uh, two years later. Off to war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brutal. Uh, yeah. Fucking brutal. And you're like, wow, I can't, I can't believe I survived that. A what? Oh, off to another war. <laughs> Where they probably died unless you're that guy in white who's in the movie or something. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. What a hero. Uh, yeah, truly tragic stuff. I know, and then... I know what time period I didn't want to be born in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then the last note I have, uh, I did find this on IMDb, but it's fucking bizarre, so I had to bring it up. Um, oh, on the last night of shooting in Nova Scotia, Canada, um, one or more criminals mixed dissociative hallucinogenic PCP uh, into the clam chowder served to the casting crew. 80 people were taken ill, more than 50 were taken to the hospital. Um, and hold on, was the actual stuff? Uh, the <laughs> James Cameron noticed that one crew member was demanding to see a priest. The director of photography was leading a conga line with no one behind them. Uh, the assistant director was talking to Cameron over a walkie-talkie while looking directly at him, just a few feet in front of him. And she even stabbed him in the cheek with a pen when he brought this up to her. He realized that the chowder had been spiked with hallucinogenic drugs. What the fuck? <laughs> so, Are you serious? You yeah, yeah, that's genuine. And who did this? Who spiked night? it? Just to, they don't know exactly who it was. They think it was like someone who was probably let go and disgruntled or something. Um, but yeah, someone spiked the foods and then everyone was just fucking tripping off their balls for the last night. Fucking hell. So, I mean, yeah. I love that. You're trying to. <laughs> don't spike drinks. Don't do it. Yes. But at the same time, um, that's very funny. <laughs> that is very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. It's also bad. Don't do it. Yeah, but, don't, yeah. don't do it, but it's funny. <laughs> It is funny. I respect <laughs> it, but I also don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is Titanic. That is the titular Titanic. Uh, I've been saying that all morning. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good for you. I know, I know. Uh, right, next week we're going to be doing this. In college, they called me perfectly adequate and handsome. They used to call me anal girl. I was very neat and organized. Wowee, we genuinely don't know what that one is. Uh, or maybe two, maybe maybe a game, maybe a play, maybe a movie. Who knows? Uh, it's probably going to be something really... Lawrence, I've got to get back to Sorry, work. Sorry, Nathan's got work. Uh, give us five stars. Uh, you can review the podcast. Uh, give, like I just said, give us five stars when you review it. Uh, follow us. We are on Twitter and on Instagram, at Another Happy Pod. New episodes go out th- uh, Fridays at 10 a.m. Uh, and Nathan has to go to work. So sayonara, people, and don't get on any big boats. They're mostly safe these days, but also don't because they're bad for the environment. Anyway, bye. Classism. (laughs) Yes, classism. (laughs) Eat the rich, kids. Eat the rich. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.